What's up, everybody? K9 Party here. Thanks for joining me on another podcast here. So, this past week in gaming has been very eventful. A lot of really cool things happened. We're going to go over the uh, latest No Man's Sky update that came out on the 14th of August. We're also going to go over some of the controversy that's surrounding the next installment for Halo that is slotted to come out as the release title for the Project Scarlet Xbox in holiday 2020. Also, some really amazing, nice, heartfelt news that came out of the gaming and YouTube and streaming community. Definitely a nice light at the end of the tunnel, a nice calm way to sit down at the end of a lot of the drama and controversy that has been plaguing the community over the past six to eight months. If you like the podcast, make sure you share it with all your friends and family on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or any of the social media outlets. Also, if you want to be on the show, if you're a streamer on Mixer or on Twitch or if you're a content creator for YouTube or any of the other any of the uh, video editing streaming services, I'd love to have you on the show. Just drop me a line on Twitter. Look me up. Uh, just My handle is K9Party. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have you on the show. Or if you're just an avid gamer and you want to get your, you just want to get your voice out there and you want to share your passions about upcoming projects or even current projects that you're excited about, I'd love to hear from you as well well it's always nice to have people kind of join in on some of the some of the conversations about this and it only moves it forward and it only goes up from here if you want to donate to the show you can through the link on the podcast here also keep in mind any of these any of my podcasts will be available on itunes on spotify and the google podcast and we're also working on other services to have this released on as well thanks for joining me once again this is k9 party we're going to stop off here for the quick uh quick sponsor segment and then we'll get the podcast started hey everyone k9 here so you're probably wondering how i'm able to make these podcasts so easily well with anchor it's an app right on my phone and it's the easiest way to make any podcast anchor gives you everything you need with all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast so they sound unique and professional the best part is it's all free Once you're done, they'll distribute your podcast for you among the biggest streaming networks such as Spotify, Google, and iTunes, and many others. And you can even make a little cash with no minimum listenership. Just download Anchor from the App Store or go to anchor.fm to get started. Have fun and thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back. So going into the news right away, uh, No Man's Sky, they brought out an update this past week. It went live on the 14th of August. Uh, Fishty, it's a patch 2.0, so that's exciting. Uh, the fact that they went 2.0 with it tells me that they're probably not going to release a No Man's Sky 2, which is fine because, frankly, I mean, you, you want a sequel to be an add-on to what the games were before. So this is... What No Man's Sky was before with a bunch of extra stuff in there. New items, new mechanics, new storylines, new missions, hopefully some new ships and weapons. And, and of course, it's all procedure generated, so we might have more variations of more creatures and planets. Uh, Just a lot of cool stuff to to look forward to to coming out with the update. But there are are three big things with the update that that we want to address. And the three of the big milestones with this, really. Uh, The first one being virtual reality so on the systems that can support virtual reality the pc and the xbox and there's there's even some talk about some uh some vr like the oculus being able to support uh the xbox but at the same time i don't imagine because microsoft really hasn't dipped into virtual reality themselves i don't 
see that being a very immersive virtual reality experience with the Xbox. So as for now, I'm going to put a pin in that one and just say with the PC and other virtual reality systems as well as the PlayStation VR, you could take advantage of VR with No Man's Sky with this new update that just came out. Uh, up until now, there was a, a bunch of little, just a smaller updates since the last one they brought out the next update, which was a little over a year ago. Um, it was a big update. For one, it brought it out on other platforms. Uh, in this case, it brought it out on the Xbox, which opened up a much bigger demographic, a larger, a larger, larger market for them to be able to reach out to, and obviously it boosted the sales. Along with that, they added a bunch of cool stuff too that made the game a lot more than it was when it first came out. Um, so going into that, like I said, VR. So one of the biggest things with this is the VR players are able to still play with people who are not playing in VR. So you'll just join that instance. You'll join that, that little, you know, that, that the game that they're in. You'll just have the advantage of being able to see everything in VR. But it's not going to stop you from playing with your friends who don't have any VR setups or don't want VR setups. Um, so that's that's a big thing too. It's not going to stop you from being able to join up and have fun with your friends. Um, also going into it, uh, this was a you know, like I said, this was a huge move for them. They were trying their best to stay with the smaller updates, little by little here and there, and, and keep that going. But it was they finally got the itch and they wanted to do something big. So then they released the Beyond patch, the Beyond update, and the Beyond update came with a bunch of things. Um, one of the uh, another big thing, one of the big pillars of this update was a multiplayer revamp. So for those who don't know, or those who didn't join the No Man's Sky group until late in the game, multiplayer was never really a big thing for the original release when it came out on the on the PlayStation. There was the concept of other players in the galaxy. It was this giant procedurally generated galaxy that other players were building and exploring and naming and just identifying creatures and planets and, and, and you know, different life forms and plants. And it was exciting, it was cool. But the biggest concept for it was the galaxy in the game itself was so large that there was a very ever so slight slim to none chance that you would ever run into another player or the remnants of another player for that matter. Unfortunately, I don't know, unfortunately, like it didn't bother me then. I thought it was a cool idea. The fact that the game was so large, it, it would have made it more exciting for me to run into another player or at least see another player's base or something left behind by another player. Um, or, I mean, at the very least, something named and identified by another player would be pretty cool too. But so, because that was obviously the first selling point and it didn't go over very well, for some reason, people were upset that you were still seeing other players, even uh, no matter how rare it was. There weren't a lot of videos out there of people running into other, you know, other space explorers out there. They finally got rid of that concept altogether and actually, actually implemented a legit multiplayer interface with the next update. So with this, you could go join your but you could join your your buddy's instance, and it was an instance. You just you would just go to where they were at in that galaxy. Your base was still there, whether it be, you know, a couple star systems over or, or not star systems, a couple like solar systems over, or if it was a hundred thousand light years away. Either way, you would join your buddy's game and it would send you to where they were at. So that kind of created kind of an issue when I first joined up, obviously, because I didn't know at the time that if you didn't have a teleport, uh, like a teleporter that, that went from your, that went to your base, there was no way you could go home 
properly, right? I mean, you could eventually get home, but you'd have to, you'd have to be able to map out your stars, and you'd have to have obviously enough fuel, and your your, your ship would have to be able to be capable of traveling that far, and you could eventually find home. But in most cases, it was easier just to cut your losses and just start building again from scratch, which was perfectly fine. Because in in most cases, you always find a uh, you always find a planet that was better to build on than the one you were on before. And at the same time, the game isn't isn't really meant for you to stay on one planet forever you know you, you build small bases on these planets here and there to kind of build up and, and work your way towards eventually traveling closer and closer to the center of the galaxy which was the ultimate goal of the game right and and most most people myself included with the people that i grew or that i you know i played with and i grew you know through the game with we got as close as we could to the center of the galaxy and that's where we made our main base because those who actually did go through the center of the galaxy, those who actually made it to a point to get to the center of the galaxy end up traveling to another galaxy. And once again, it was just starting from zero, from square one. And it was, you just basically started the game over. And that's pretty much all it was. There was no new species. There were no new planets. There were no new functions. Or, or there was nothing different about this completely separate galaxy than the one you were in. So really, it was more it was more beneficial to just stay in the galaxy you ran to explore around, have fun, build your base up. And there was actually pretty large com communities built around the concept of that. They had these giant hubs that were that were built, and players from all over the world would go and join this galactic hub, and they would build their bases up in you know in a in a group of uh, solar systems or maybe in the same solar system. You know, I was never able to find the hub. There were, I mean, if you found the right portals, you could travel around. You could put in the, you know, the 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 symbol codes for the portals that would send you to different parts of the galaxy, and you could find these other players. I I never made it that far. I just stuck with the small group that I was with, and we just kept traveling further and further and further until we found a planet we liked, and we finally, you know, put some roots down. You know, finally put a stake down, and what would eventually become our home main base. With obviously, we'd still travel. We'd still, you know, travel away to other galaxies and stuff for resources and everything like that. But in the end, that's what we ended up doing. If I get back on, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll make it a point to try and find another, uh, find one of those galactic hubs. So that'll be something exciting to look forward to as well, as far as the YouTube channel is concerned. But I'm obviously getting way far off track here. With the next update, they added multiplayer, but it was very buggy. It was, it wasn't. It wasn't really the interface that we wanted, that we were hoping for, I guess. It was more so, it was still single player and with multiplayer slapped across the top of it. You would join your friend's uh, galaxy in the in where they were at, but it would still be a separate, you'd still be playing your own separate game, which was a kind of a cool, cool attempt. But what would happen was you would travel, to, you would go into a different solar system and say your buddy got there first, they would spawn in the giant cruisers that you could that you could you know, defeat and take over, uh, or eventually buy off the uh, the captain of that cruiser itself, and he would join it. It would spawn it in for him, and then you would come in behind him, and it would spawn a second one in for you. So if you had a group of like four or five people traveling around with you, everybody would go into that system, and eventually you'd have five of these giant cruisers that would just spawn in. It's a cool idea because that means you have five cruisers, and they were all different classes. You had, you had a S, A, B, and C, and I want to say there was also a D class as well. And you could potentially have your pick of the litter, and you could see 
Uh, say one of them was a C class, but you were obviously looking for an S class. So that one was a C class, so you go to a different one, you go with one of the other ones that spawned in, and if you're lucky, that one was an S class. Unfortunately, they were only spawned in and capturable by the person whose game spawned that one in. But of all the five people that were included in that, usually two or three of them would start bugging out, the game would crash, everything would just go haywire, and it was kind of crazy and funny and, and, and just you know over the top at first, but eventually it got annoying, and eventually it became game-breaking. So, with the Beyond update, they did a multiplayer revamp. Now they're focusing more and more on the concept of multiplayer, or you know, in, in kind of an MMO-style kind of play you know because you've always had the option you know, the possibility of running into another player but you've never it was never really meant to be that way but now they're steering more towards that and I'm glad they are because I've never uh, a game as seemingly empty and vast as this game is it would get really boring to do it by yourself so with this uh, beyond update they included something uh, they, they included the Nexus which is kind of a uh, it's a real-time lobby a giant is just giant social space you know with a space station there that could host up to up to 32 players depending on what system you're playing on obviously PC being the ones that would really benefit or it would be easier to run 32 players in you know in, in the Nexus itself so on Xbox and PlayStation you can expect more around the 16 the lower end of that kind of that, that limit there um, and it'll be a mix of your friends as well as just other random players and strangers that, that are traveling around and happen to meet it and that's really good too because then one some of the best ways you meet people and other gamers online is through situations like this uh, through these MMOs where you have the more social aspect and you know you're either recruiting for for guilds or you're just looking for a group to run some kind of dungeon or you're just looking for a group to explore with so I can kind of see the Nexus turning into that you know like you go to the Nexus, you hang out for a bit, maybe there'll be uh, a, a player trading system implemented later on through the game with the Nexus. I can, I kind of see this going uh, pretty far. It's, it's kind of exciting to think about. So you could go there, find you know, find someone like maybe in the group chat, say, hey, I'm looking for someone who wants to join me in exploring, who wants to go check out this planet with me, who wants to go do this, that, and who wants to build a giant base with me, something like that, you know, anything. Um, and like I said, that opens up the, the possibility of other large, you know, larger picture things like, like a player trading system, maybe even a ship trading system. Um, it's getting exciting and they put a lot of work into this. It'd be nice eventually to get to the point where you can customize your own ships. Maybe you can upgrade your ships. Maybe nothing over the top, but just little things like maybe a, a larger, a larger fuel tank or, or, you know, something that gives you a little more speed or something like that. You know, just a little bit more. It'd be nice to have more aesthetic customizations because you want, you know, you, every, uh, I can't tell you how many times I spent so long just hanging out at a random space station waiting for that one ship to come in, trying to get it to spawn in, because um, I want that S-Class carrier that had, you know, the 64 slot with, uh, you know, the, the, uh, with the, the best class you could get, the be you know, the, the biggest ship you could get, and you wanted a ship for each different, uh, you know, each different kind of situation, you know, you wanted your explorer ship so you could go around further, you wanted your, your cargo ship so when you go down and collect resources you can, you can get a, a whole bunch of them in one shot, and it just and then bring it back up to your your cruiser, you know. So I'm really excited to see how that's going to turn out, and I'm excited to get back online and kind of kind of really get into that. Um, so at the same time, the Nexus also comes with uh, you know new storylines. As it turns out, the Nexus is controlled by Paulo and uh, Nada, 
And if those who don't under, don't remember them, or maybe didn't get really far enough to get to really comprehend it, or or, or or meet them, or maybe didn't even care about that mysterious anomaly that would pop up every once in a while when you're traveling from star, from solar system to solar system, Apollo and Nada were these two. You know, different species, of course. They weren't the same species of aliens, but they were just these kind of woke, almost cult-like aliens that, that kind of piloted this big silver sphere that, you know, and, and they were the ones who kind of pushed you through the major storyline that, that got you more, you know, got you to kind of travel closer and closer to the center of the universe and also find these these big, you know, kind of almost like, like these giant spires that unlocked other you know um like uh, building and construction options and weapons and and things like that also more of the storyline to kind of get you to understand really what the game is about um and of course they periodically hooked you up with uh, you know some really cool gear better weapons and you know better like harvester and stuff like that uh so that's that's a big thing too uh and i'm really looking forward to that and i, I like that um because the you know paulo and, and nada they were they were just kind of like the outcasts, like you know, they they didn't belong to any race specifically. They were just kind of they're like they just gave up on the races altogether because they knew this bigger picture was out there. So the last and the biggest part of the update, and this is really what caused Hello Games to convert it to the No Man's Sky to version 2.0. So like I said before, we won't see, we most likely won't see No Man's Sky 2 because we have it now. This is No Man's Sky 2, so congratulations. Anybody who owns a game as of the 14th of August, 2019, officially has No Man's Sky 2. So, good, you know, good job. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back, give yourself a round of applause, and enjoy it. Um, so this, this update alone is what brought them into 2.0. So looking at the list of stuff that they added, it was a, it was a, a giant like outline of bullet points and stuff that... With little tweaks here and there, some different mechanics and some added, you know, uh, items and and, game and stuff to the game, and it was like over 250 bullet points of changes that they that they did to the game. Not so much changes, like they didn't change the game. They added a bunch of items and stuff, but they tweaked some of the mechanics of the game to make it, you know, kind of more immersive and make it feel a little less grindy, you know, because it didn't take long for you to eventually just go in the same circle over and over, collect, you know, just. You know, you go, you collect resources and then you build. You go back, collect resources, and then you build. And all you do was building up and up and up. But there wasn't a lot of more, you know, a lot more to do outside of that. You know, you discover different species here and there. It's definitely one of those games where you can get lost into it. But the visuals are just amazing, and that was the best part about it for me. Was it was the desire to get the best ship in the game, and then it was a desire to build the best base and get the best items, the best weapon, and all this stuff. And that was the coolest part. But when you would get the best ship and the best items and all this, all this cool stuff, eventually you go and start traveling around. And it was just exciting because the game is virtually endless. And you could travel forever and ever and ever and never hit the end of the game because really there is no end to the game. And even when you do reach the quote-unquote end, you know, end of the game, you basically just start over. Granted, you start over, but you have your ship, you have your weapons, everything like that, and you just work on traveling to the center of the next galaxy so the game is built for pure replayability and if you have a good group of friends with you especially now with the new multiplayer revamp you're looking at hours and hours of fun and it's something to really look forward to and i'm hoping i'm hoping that some of y'all will join me on there and we can we can have a lot of fun on there as well because i do miss playing and I, i'm not gonna lie i do miss playing no man's sky quite a bit even before 
this uh, Beyond update. So that will hopefully kind of push it more to a more immersive kind of feeling and it'll be you know less grindy feeling and you can have a lot more fun with your friends and now you can have a lot more fun with meeting other people around too because unless you joined your friend's game you joined your friend's galaxy or your not galaxy your friend's solar system there really was still no chance of you running into other players so that's kind of nice i like that so there you have it as far as the no man's sky beyond update you have vr you have a better multiplayer you know situation a better multiplayer interface and a ton of new items and mechanics to have fun with uh we're going to take off for another sponsor here um make sure you uh make sure you subscribe make sure you check out the channel and make sure you check out the twitter we'll be right back after this and uh of course after this we're going to go into the uh you know the the like i said the controversy about the next halo installment coming up we'll be right back All right, so going into the controversy with the next Halo installment. So it's going to be Halo Infinite. I went over it during my E3 recap. Uh, I'm excited for it. It definitely looks like a lot of fun. Except the only issue is, and and this is something that's been that's been plaguing the video game industry for years now, and it's something that every gamer is insanely pissed off about. And it's it sucks because you pay sixty dollars for a new game, but you don't get the whole game. You know, or you you get you get the game enough to you know beat it and have fun with it. It is what it is. But when you get, especially when you get to multiplayer aspects, you get into what's called microtransactions. And EA has been on the you know they've been on the spit rules for years because of it. No matter how many times EA tries to tell us that okay, our next game's not going to have microtransactions. When it releases, you look at it and sure enough, microtransactions. So you pay sixty dollars for the game, but you get like. You get you get the bare minimum. You get you get trash with the original game, and until you start spending twenty, thirty bucks, you know, more uh, at a time on these games, you're 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 kind of at the bottom of the barrel for everything, and it ruins your experience because you have all these other, play, all these other players who did spend the twenty, thirty bucks, got better weapons, got better armor, got better vehicles, and all this stuff. And when it came out, you try to get into these you know these these online pvp situations and you don't stand a chance against these other players who have more powerful weapons or more powerful armor and stuff like that so it ruins the whole pvp aspect of it it's one thing if you would if you could earn these these other these better weapons and and uh, you know equipment because you know because you played through like the, the main storyline or because you ranked up higher in the multiplayer you know uh, the multiplayer you know, ladders or, or 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 rankings. That's 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 one thing. I get that, but you have people who are, you know, you, you throw your credit card down, and next thing you know, regardless of how good of a player you are, you still have a good advantage. Now, don't get me wrong. There's those players who who are insanely good, who are really good at some of these games, these first-person shooters and and stuff like that. That will that that just just by their skill alone, they're already better than everybody else, right? But then it still even puts them at a disadvantage because no matter how good they are, there'll always be that one person out there with more money to spend on that, you know? So you go, say you're a teenager, you go mow lawns or you walk dogs or whatever it is you do to make some extra cash, you can afford to buy that new game coming out. And then you go and you buy this amazing game you've been looking forward to, you and your friends are going to buy it. You get online and by the end of the first week after release, 80% of the community that you're that you're playing against has these weapons that are 
three, four, five times as powerful as what you have, and their their armor is, is just insane, insanely over the top to where headshots don't mean anything anymore, and it just it just kind of kind of kills it for you, you know. So then you go back to playing the same games you've been playing for years that don't have the microtransactions. You go back to playing Minecraft, or you go back to playing Ark and things like that because. Those games are now based. Uh, those are the games that are based on skill and dedication and and actually and, and actually building up and, and the grind. If I'm if I may be so bold to say the grind, um, and that's the problem. So, of course, it should be no surprise that Halo Infinite has already, even in the job descriptions where the where they're looking to hire you know uh, project directors and 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 even positions. That they're hiring for that specifically are that, that your the specific job is to create microtransactions a trip the the, the the wording was a triple a game market or something like that and basically it's like if you think about some of these games like call uh like, like counter-strike global offense or even rust has these websites set aside where you could buy skins and and things like that for your weapons for your character and all this stuff that's basically what they're going for so they're trying to set up this this third-party market so you could go on and buy better weapons and you could buy you know uh you know maybe not better weapons but you could buy different skins and stuff but i'm sure eventually come out to buying better weapons if not starting weapons games that you would otherwise have to play through an entire campaign to unlock but you could just go to this website drop 20 bucks and then all of a sudden you have now officially unlocked the best weapon in the game and that is where the problem comes from now like i said in my last episode halo has been struggling as it was it's had its ups and down over the years they've they've done their best to keep up with it Halo's always going to be iconic it's always going to have a special place in my heart and i'm never going to be tired of playing halo it's just just the epicness of it i don't know if it's a musical score or what but if there's something about the game that always keeps me coming back and even with the microtransactions, even with the, the concept of microtransactions coming out a year and a half before the game's even slotted to release, it's discouraging and it's, it's, it's disappointing, obviously. So I'm still going to get it. Like, let's face it. I mean, we're still going to buy it. We're still going to get Halo Infinite because everybody, everybody loves Halo. And it's just that's, that's what it is. And when it first came out, it was, it was new. It was different. The storyline was awesome. It was once again. It kind of it started kicking us into the whole the gamer space race, if you will, and the the story and and the concepts only got deeper and deeper from that point on. But at least in my in my experience, the online multiplayer, uh, the PvP, and all that stuff has gotten has gotten worse over the years. You know, um, I remember the first Halo, even Halo Two. Where there, I mean, the online PvP was awesome. You had you had the, the you know, Blood Gulch was the iconic map. Blood Gulch for Halo is like Nuketown is for you know for uh, for Battlefield, for um, not Battlefield, Jesus. For yeah. So, anyway, I digress. Blood Gulch is like the Nuketown for Halo players. It's one of those things that's always gonna be in the back of our minds. We're always gonna we're always gonna be excited for the Blood Gulch map. And there's people that that built a lot of cool things based off the Halo series. I mean, he had the red versus blue, you know, he had that that series going on for a while, and that was that was exciting. And it's still on, actually. I think it actually made it on some of the streaming services like like Netflix and shit like that. So now we're at a point where no matter what game you get, you're still paying full price for the base game, 
but you're not getting everything that you get with the game. And at this point, as far as I can tell, it seems like it's mainly just it's it's mainly just skins and whatnot. But it, it, who knows what it could turn into more? You it could come to the point where you're getting the better weapons just because you spent an extra thirty bucks on there. And we're not talking about getting the collector's edition. We're not talking about getting the anniversary edition or the ultimate edition that they have on the Xbox and on all the you know on the stores and stuff. Now we're talking about people going out of the way on these third-party websites and they're buying these higher-end weapons just to get a competitive edge in the game, you know, and it's it's already run rampant and gotten gotten worse with games like Fortnite and whatnot, and you have these these people who are spending spending more than what the game is worth, and yes, I know Fortnite is a free game, so it is what it is, but you're spending more on skins and, and things like this, more on what a full-price game would have been anyway, and... It's just, I mean, that's that, that that alone itself is kind of the upsetting part. So as we're going into this, Project Scarlet, the new X was coming out. They've already said they're looking at it to be four times more powerful than the One X was. They're looking at a lot of lot of things for this one, um, and they have officially slotted Halo Infinite as being the premier release game for the Project Scarlet, and that alone is already all sorts of perfect for uh, three four three games which is the ones who develop Halo nowadays um, and they are the ones and, and so they got they got the perfect setup they have the obvious you know they have the obvious advertisement there they have the market locked in because when the game comes out I'm sure there are gonna be other games that will be released with the Scarlet that when it when it comes out just to obviously you know because you're gonna have people who are developing games for the Scarlet even now as we speak right so Halo's going to be already, you can almost guarantee it's going to be the best-selling game when the Scarlet releases in Holiday Season 2020. And when Halo Infinite comes out, these websites are also going to go up. These websites might go up beforehand. They might have pre-order pre-order you know deals where if you buy this skin and this skin, you also get this much extra added on to it if you buy it before the game releases and you use your gamer tag with it or whatever, you know. Um, so that's something to look. That's something to. I don't want to say it's something to look forward to because it's something to not look forward to. If it's just skins, if it's just a matter of making your character look cool or customizing your, you know, your Spartan's armor, that'd be one thing. But unfortunately, with the way the market's going nowadays, I can already see this going down the road of you just paying an extra thirty, forty bucks to get in-game gear or even gear that isn't available in the game unless you pay real money for it. That's the problem. They're taking, I mean, they're taking the video game market, they're monopolizing it. I understand you want to make an extra buck, fine, whatever, and, and, and but it kind of ruins it for those who, who want to play the game, pay the 60 bucks and play the game for what it is. Unfortunately, you pay $60 and you're not getting the whole game. And that's not just with Halo, that's not just with, that's not just with some of the major games, there's a lot of smaller games. Mobile gaming has gotten obviously a, a problem with you know these freemium games, and it's an ongoing joke about it. But now it seems that even Xbox gaming, you go out and you pay $500 for a brand new Xbox, you pay $60 to $100 for a brand new game for the Xbox, and you still spend more money little by little here and there just to get the full experience in the game. I don't know. The more the community 
complains about it, the more it, it's no secret that people hate the way that they're doing things nowadays. It's, it's no secret that EA, no matter how many times they tell us it's not microtransactions, in the end it's microtransactions. It's 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 money. It's little money grabbing, uh, little, little money grabbing tactics. You know, and EA is not going to stop that anytime soon. So, I don't know, just keep an open mind, mind about it, I guess. I, I really doubt it's going to affect the possibility of having, you know, the possibility of, you know, affecting the main game with it, obviously. It's more so the online aspect. So a lot of these games are really focusing more on online multiplayer, whether it's PvP, online co-op, or a mix of the two. In the end, those with the advantage are those with the money to get the advantage. Not those with the time, not those with the skill, not those with the dedication those with the money to get the advantage because some of these higher end some of these you know top tier games have you you have to spend real money in order to get these certain items that in some cases in most cases end up being more powerful and give you a higher advantage than any game that you would get any weapon or, or, or armor or item you would get in the game otherwise if you just played the game that's that's my rant for that one I'm looking forward to the next Halo. I'm looking forward to the Project Scarlet, obviously. I'm looking forward to a lot of things that will be coming, you know, year and a half. But uh, I'm really, I'm really hoping that uh, this doesn't turn that, that you know, Halo itself doesn't turn into yet another mobile game for your Xbox. Anyway, we're gonna have another sponsor here. We'll be back right after this. So as promised, we have huge news amazing news it couldn't come in at a better time in a very humbling situation uh for those who have been following along with one of the one of the biggest youtube internet controversies battles fights of all time um for those of you who most people know who pewdiepie is right felix shelberg has been going back and forth with this corporation known as T-Series, based out of India, to fight for the most subscribed channel on YouTube. And there's a lot of really shady stuff that happened along with it. Kind of went back and forth. Um, it's just how capitalism goes. It is what it is. In the end, it was very, it was a very humbling experience for a lot of people, a lot of big names, especially PewDiePie himself. But it definitely got out of hand. Um, a big thing to keep in mind is, uh, obviously, and if you watch the video where PewDiePie actually makes it a point to ask people to just drop the sub to PewDiePie meme. He, uh, it, it got really bad. So, I mean, at this point, PewDiePie has 90 million. I mean, now, as I sit here right now, he has a little over 99 million subscribers on his channel alone, which is insane. Now we're looking at a little, just, a, just a couple months ago, not too long ago, when this subscribe to PewDiePie meme got out of hand. At first it was fun. You had these parades. You had people doing awesome philanthropic uh, like actions and, 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 and charity stuff and for the, in the name of subscribing to PewDiePie. You know, it was awesome. It was the bro army really doing its thing and just being beautiful. But then it took a really dark turn. There were... Eventually, it came down to people vandalizing uh, memorials, World War II you know, monuments and statues, and, and, and throwing his name on there, saying, subscribe to PewDiePie, and it got pretty bad there. Um, they were able to get that taken care of, and of course, he was able to make, uh, you know, make amends with it, donate it to the park that, that had, the, you know, had the, uh, you know, the, the vandalized memorial. And then, it, and then when it when it hit its lowest point, this is when it went way too far, was the, uh, the, the Christchurch shooter. 
um, and uh, that you know, you know that obviously really scared a lot of people in the world. It, it made it was just it was it was when we got to a really low point as a people, as a as a world, as a as as just the human race, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And that was a very low point. And to make matters worse, the person committing the pivotal lowest point that we have ever come into this controversy over you know the 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 religion wars the trade wars the the nationalistic wars the you know all this stuff the shooter who spearheaded that heinous horrible act had made it a point to say subscribe to PewDiePie as he was doing his video and that and that was that was when it hit the lowest point and that is that is also the driving factor for PewDiePie asking people begging people to stop the meme itself you know and that's it's it's what's insane so um if you haven't seen the video go check it out it's uh you know obviously you can look it on youtube he's it's obviously on his channel there it's just him asking to stop the pewdiepie meme you could google it look it up it's a really heartfelt finally a face-to-face no joke like he's he's just really he's really obviously bothered by it because it's 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 scary you know um so those who don't know, the you have over the past, you know, almost year, maybe eight months or so, give or take, there's been this back and forth battle between a YouTube channel based out of India known as T-Series and then, of course, versus PewDiePie to reach a spot for the highest subscribed channel in, you know, on, on YouTube itself. And it was important, it was this big thing, it just blew up overnight, T-Series appeared overnight and just started climbing extremely fast and it was he they were gunning for that highest subscribe spot as it stands today i just checked the numbers yesterday and pewdiepie was just under 100 million he actually hit 100 million but there were some shady stuff that happened along with uh with the youtube you know youtube audits that happens every 24 hour periods it gets rid of those inactive accounts that you know that don't post whatnot and of course the channels that those accounts are subscribed to are also you know also those those actual subscriptions are taken as well and uh, I want to say T-Series was somewhere along the lines of like almost 115 million. So, so it's over. The whole thing, I mean, it's all, it's all over. The, the battle's over. PewDiePie is no longer the most subscribed channel on YouTube. But here's the thing. That doesn't matter. Yeah, you have that one channel out there that is the highest subscribed channel. But really, that is just one major channel that is, that is funneled by a bunch of smaller channels as well. You know, through the magic of advertising, right? And the magic of, of, just, you know, just advertising. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how to. I don't know how else to twist it. Really, the beauty of advertising and steering people towards this main channel T series, based out of India, has become a huge thing. Um, it's so it's what's called. It's what's part. It's part of what is called a multi-channel network or an MCN, and you might have heard that here and there. Um, a lot of. A lot of YouTubers are well known about it. A lot of YouTuber, like analytic gurus, are very well aware of multi-channel, uh, multi-channel networks, and it basically works kind of like a, a larger. Uh, it's it's a lot of channels working in unison with each other. It's it also kind of plays off the idea of where you have other major content creators doing group videos with each other, 
or you know guest spot videos and kind of like kind of like advertising each other and playing off each other's success and kind of helping each other out right uh, to build up the ad revenue get those you know get those subscribers and those views and of course every seems like every year YouTube is changing the parameters for what really is it helps with the payout in the AdSense to actually pay these content creators who have made a life on this stuff right so the subscribe to PewDiePie meme got so out of hand the lowest point obviously was the Christchurch shooter uh, but it, I mean it got to the point where you had people doing lighthearted stuff you know if you've ever heard of Mr. Beast he's probably one of PewDiePie's biggest supporters um, threw a lot of money at, at keeping the meme going but he was doing things like he purchased all the spare billboard space in his hometown his home city and said and put up subscribe to PewDiePie on those billboards <clears throat> excuse me um, and I mean it was things like that it was or, or he had I guess he had also bought he bought tickets to the Super Bowl of uh, this past year and uh, really close to the end zone had him and all his buddies were wearing t-shirts and, and signs and stuff like that that said subscribe to PewDiePie so he was doing stuff like that you know it was working pretty good I think at one point the most uh, PewDiePie had gotten it was somewhere upwards of like 130 some odd thousand subscribers overnight which is the most he'd earned in a day and gotten in, in like a day right so and, and there was even this one organization that had actually hacked a bunch of uh, printers who are who the, the, the printers happened to be like an open proxy right and they actually hacked those printers and, and had printed out this this uh, this document that says subscribe to PewDiePie and it had this little you know text picture HTML kind of picture on there and it was just yeah you know, I mean that was probably borderline supposed to land them in jail but you know it happened but you know, aside from how dark and, and, and bad that whole thing went, when it first started out and, it, and, and the ball started rolling on the, on the subscribe to PewDiePie meme, it was actually really cool things. It was people doing amazing acts of kindness and, and you know, philanthropic kind of, you know, uh, you know uh, events uh, in the name of subscribing to PewDiePie just to get the word out there. And it worked out great. For those who don't really understand why this was such an issue it's a matter of kind of fighting the machine right so as i said before t-series is a multi-channel network and it's not the only one out there it's a very it's a very common thing that's been going on on youtube for years which is also why it makes it so impressive that pewdiepie was such a highly subscribed and and stable entity on youtube despite all these other all these other corporations basically that were against what he should have been or what he was what he is i should say you know so <clears throat> you have one individual you have who's 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 proving that the one the one person can really do it now of course he still has you know his his editing team you know it's not and it, you know it's, it's not like he has it's not like he has a giant studio where he does all, all this work from but he has a, he has a small team of editors that edit his videos and get it out there and it's a very important you know very important part of it because keep in mind PewDiePie is also making a point to release videos on a daily basis you know and he's been doing that for a while he actually you know, so he first he first started uploading way back in like December 2006 and those were just Call of Duty videos and Minecraft videos and if you guys remember before it became a real popular thing he made it a point where he had, you know, he had a camera on him recording his reactions as he's playing these games. And, uh, you know, and he started getting into horror games and, and things like that. And that's where he got to start. That was on his first channel ever. Now, he eventually made a new channel 
in spring of 2010, and that is a channel we know today as PewDiePie. And uh, that one was still that one was still gaming videos and a few things here and there, some more reaction videos where he was playing more of the horror games and had a camera on his face where he's recording his reactions to these games, and it became popular. And the the advantage of PewDiePie is that he's always been ahead of the curve. He's always he's always on to the next thing. Where he makes the gaming videos popular, then he makes the gaming with the reaction camera videos popular. Then he then once that once that starts taking you know picking up steam and everybody's doing that, he moves on to something else. So nowadays, some of the biggest things he still does some gaming videos here and there every once in a while. Matter of fact, one of the publicity stunts that he did to kind of keep the PewDiePie you know subscribe to PewDiePie meme going was he actually played uh, Fortnite. Um, and uh, as this kind of, it was a, it was a, it was a big deal, you know, because I mean, Fortnite was was ran by a much different community, and PewDiePie really didn't touch games like that. He wasn't, he really doesn't do too much gaming anyway, unless it's a game made about him. So he plays it for fun and show support to the creator. And a lot of them actually are pretty cool, you know. He's a really positive guy when it comes to that, and I can't, I can't imagine why not, because it must be exciting to play a game that's based off you, and it's, it's got to be fun, right? So he actually played uh, Fortnite on a live stream that actually actually had hit 300,000 live viewers, which is insane. So moving on after that, finally he accepted defeat in 2018, uh, December, or beginning of December 2018, where he released a video. Um, it was this. It, it wasn't even like necessarily a video of him. It was just. Uh, it was like a tweet or whatever that it said. Um, it's been fun or, or something along the lines like he was basically accepting defeat and then all the other content creators and YouTubers had came out and said no don't give up yet no whatever there's a few of them that were like you know you did the best you could even Mr. Beast who was arguably PewDiePie's greatest supporter and most and probably most highly invested supporter um, was like you know he made a tweet saying it was an honor fighting beside you and it was a really cool back and forth battle and you really wanted PewDiePie to win um, because if PewDiePie had won it would have proven that it would just would have been like a slap in the face to these corporations. Now, some of the more underlying issues with what happened. There's no reason why we should feel upset about the T-Series versus PewDiePie issue. Um, the main thing is, keep in mind, PewDiePie is still a solo personality with almost 100 million subscribers, despite some of the shady stuff that the YouTube, you know, uh, policies have come out about, you know, and, and have kind of changed the name of the game, right, and, and changed things. Um, the one of the first few times that PewDiePie was actually passed up by T-Series was because of this. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, random, they had these YouTube audits. So every, it's like every 24 hours. YouTube goes through and deletes a bunch of accounts that weren't necessarily active or they weren't consistently logged in and watching videos and subscribing or whatever so you know PewDiePie lost a few subscribers there and it's not it's not surprising that out of the 99 million subscribers that PewDiePie had there were a handful here and there that weren't active you know active accounts you know so uh, so that was a, a big thing and that's what really pulled uh, T-Series in, in, in front of there to make it worse and to, to just make it really even more shady and this was a blatant shade right away because for the most part it was a matter of PewDiePie was the wall that was blocking the Western world and the pop culture internet you know community from reaching 
Eastern Asia, Asia in general, it's Eastern Southeast Asia, in this case, India. So, you know, Southeast Asia. Um, and that's what really came down to it. So it was a matter of getting past PewDiePie. You have the three big corporations out there. YouTube is, is obviously one of the avenues that they were taking. So you have corporations like Google and Facebook, right? And they are essentially, uh, I mean, right, quite literally, they are ad services. Um, if you go on Facebook and Google or you know, if you search, if you use a search engine Google, there are so many different things that will collect data on what you search and what kind of stuff you're watching and looking up and whatnot. And uh, to the point where it almost feels like if you just think about something and then you go to a page, all of a sudden you'll see an ad for whatever you just happen to be thinking about. It's, it's based off just patterns and stuff of what you search up and what pages you follow on Facebook or, you know, what forms you're looking up and things like that. So if I happen to look up, you know, a forum for my car to, you know, like the Genesis Coupe forum to look up uh, some other, other you know, uh, car owners, you know, some of the other, you know, oh, Jesus, like, like custom work that they've done to their cars, you know, some inspiration or maybe even like I'm not sure about about some specs about my car that I want to I want to build properly. So I look it up. Sure enough, if I go to a page where I'm looking up video gaming stuff, you know, if I'm looking up something about the next the next update of uh, of well, for in this case, No Man's Sky, as I was as I was researching this episode, I had ads for Genesis Coupe like wheels and, and, and rims and stuff like that, or or you know just just aftermarket parts, and that's just kind of how it works on a very on a very simplistic surface surface sense. But there's also algorithms and patterns based on what you look up that also generate ads for things that you didn't really think that you wanted right and that's kind of how it works but in the end it is a giant corporation meant to make more profit right so google being an ad service now they're branching over into india india keep in mind has a built-in has like a population of somewhere around 1.3 billion kind of like off the top of my head give or take there and that is like you know, cha-ching, that's, that's money in Google's eyes and Facebook eyes, because Facebook now is a competitor for Google since it was bought out, right? And now Google is now an ad service. Now even the videos on Google, when you look at it, they'll have ads in the videos, right? Just like YouTube has ads or, or you know, uh, the Google is all the pages you search up are just plastered with ads. And that's how it works. So the biggest thing is they needed to get T-Series out there. T-Series was a multi-channel network, well, fed in from a multi-channel network. There are uh, many other smaller channels that, through video suggestions and things like that, would eventually steer these viewers and subscribers into the main T-Series channel. And that is how they were doing it. And that's kind of that's how it's shady. To make, even matters, to, to make matters more interesting, uh, the idea was it was kind of a, a race to see who could get the most clientele and, uh, from India? Because India is coming online fast and, and, and really fast, and they're, they're catching up with us. Not so much that they weren't really caught up with us before, but with a population of 1.3 billion, they're, they're nowhere near that many people were getting access to the Internet and these ads and, and these services that, that, frankly, Google is paid for to shove down our throats. So now, now what do they do? They got people into content creating, got people on YouTube, because one of the most interesting things, everybody wants to be the next big content creator on YouTube, regardless of what the subject is. 
everybody wants to be the next big thing. So how do you start out? You get you get some you know decent, even mid-range or even low-end video editing software. It doesn't have to be anything special. And you put together some little crazy video or something kind of that you feel like is original or at least a far, you know, just slightly off from some of the more popular aspects, and you load it up there. So what they had were these shops in some of the major metropolitan areas, and they still have them, where you could go in, and this is in India, you could go in and you can create, you have access to the computers there, of course, access to the internet and YouTube and video creating software and editing software, and then you could upload to YouTube. And not only does that bring the numbers in YouTube larger because now they have more content to send out there. But in order to even try to create anything on YouTube or upload a video on YouTube, you have to have a YouTube account. And of course you're gonna watch a bunch of videos in order to get an idea of how of kind of how how it works and how videos are edited and how it's supposed to look in the end. So now you're gonna watch more channels and then you're gonna view those ads and then it's gonna give you an idea. Oh okay well look up I didn't realize I needed that weird pillow that not only wraps around my neck but 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 also for some reason has a clip that goes down to the, the you know the bottom belt loop on my on my belt so it doesn't fly away. I didn't know that was such a problem but somehow I feel like I need that. That's a good idea. That's obviously a dumb example but that's basically how it works. And now we're back to the mid 90s. America, the US in the mid 90s where every every other day you're getting these CDs from AOL in the mail with free subscription hours to their internet services and it's essentially what's going on over there so Facebook and Google are throwing out these free subscription hours to to all the potential customers in India and that is that's how it's working but they need to get India on the map they need to get Indians watching these these uh, these videos and they want to make them they want to make them relatable so you have this channel T-series based out of India, created by Indian content creators, and now it's exciting for the local population, for the Indian population, so now they're supporting it more, now they want more part of it. So of course, they're going to purchase services that are, that are fed to them from YouTube or Google and Facebook and whatnot, depending on how, what platform or how they end up seeing these things. And that's what it comes down to in the end. It got so bad, in fact, this subscribe to PewDiePie meme got so bad that obviously it was interfering with the corporation with it was interfering with the YouTube corporation with Google and, and Facebook and all that it was interfering with with what they saw was important in their eyes and it came to the point where now PewDiePie's videos were actually blocked in India so now I mean if you want to talk about manipulating mainstream media and manipulating the media in general to get your end result like if if, if if you want to know what it's like to be a sheep, which I really hope you guys are trying your best to not become a sheep. If you want to, if you really want to know what it's like to control a population from the media, just think they blocked PewDiePie's videos from being viewed in India through any of the proxies, any of the servers, just so they can keep this T-Series channel going. So really, they had to play pretty dirty to win. And that's, that's how bad it got. So now PewDiePie is not the most subscribed channel in the world, and honestly, he's very humble about it for a few different reasons, obviously. It got really out of hand, and at the same time, YouTube is playing dirty. The, the Google is playing dirty. All these places are playing dirty. If you have the money, you, you make more money. If you don't have the money, 
you're screwed. That's the bottom line. You know, very few lucky people will actually come forward on that one. So that's that's how it came out in the end. Uh, I mean, they played dirty. There were a bunch of really shady shady policies that came up with YouTube that in the end is really what defeated PewDiePie. But we can still be happy and proud of the fact that, yeah, T-Series is subscribed higher. With a demographic in a population of a built-in viewer base of 1.3 billion people. And those people aren't even allowed, aren't even able to see PewDiePie's content. So at this point, there's no way in hell that PewDiePie is going to pull ahead. I mean, T-Series is already almost 20 million ahead of him. So it is what it is. We're not accepting defeat. We're accepting the fact that YouTube is just shady. That's the bottom line. Corporations are shady. Google is shady. Uh, you know, Facebook is shady. The people out there are shady. But at the same time, I don't know if you saw the last YouTube rewind, but maybe it's for the best that it, that we don't assume that the content creators know what's best for the for the platform. Because uh, I ain't gonna lie, a YouTube rewind of uh, 2018 was not a good one. Okay, so welcome back here. Um, this makes me feel really good. And it's awesome because it's like, this is the best news to come out. And it feels really good as we come to the end of a very controversial, very heated, very, very nail-biting kind of, kind of a fight back and forth, right? It, was, it started out lighthearted and then, you know, whatever. Um, aside from the really cool really cool music video that PewDiePie came out as soon as, as soon as T-Series actually finally got that win in the end. It was a pretty good video. You should go check it out. It's called Congratulations. Um, obviously, you can look it up on PewDiePie's channel, but I digress. In the end, now PewDiePie no longer has to fight. and He no longer has to stress out and, and, and be that front runner the entire time. He could finally calm down. He could finally relax. He could finally get his life started. Because keep in mind, PewDiePie, is, he's only like a couple months older than I am, right? I, I mean, it's, so it's not its not too bad, but it's definitely at that part of your life where you, you feel like you want to start it, right? 29 years old is a great, I mean, in, in, most, in most situations, most opinions, 29, 30 years old, that's about when your life should be really starting, you know, and you want to build that foundation and get things going. So on August 19th, 2019, after eight years of knowing, at least knowing, since the eight years from the day that they first met, PewDiePie, or I should say Felix Shelberg, and Marcia finally tied the knot. So they did it in London, and they uh, the day afterwards, of course, they had it fairly private for obvious reasons. But the day afterwards, they you know they finally released the videos, and they did really really nice, subtle, not over the top, you know, good, tasteful, you know, pictures, not videos, yeah, pictures, uh, pictures, uh, and. It's it, honestly, I, I couldn't have been happier about it because with everything that was going on, how, how bad the sub, the sub to PewDiePie meme got, how crazy all the world got, and just, just with all everything going on in the world, it's, it's nice that, it's just nice to see that. And it's, it, I'm happy to see that. And it feels really good to see that because, I mean, I, I've always liked PewDiePie. I've, I mean, I've liked him for years, you know, and it's, it's been really exciting to watch him kind of grow over the years. Done. I think I think it's exciting because, like we mean him, we're like I'm the same age, you know, and it's and just it's just really cool 
that someone who is just only a couple months older than I am, not even now, now less than you know, a couple months older than I am, is able to have such a success. And it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I actually have a chance. Now, granted, he's been at this since 2006, been at, but he's been at the current channel since 2010-ish or so. Um, he made he made the official PewDiePie channel in like April of 2010. Um, so really nine years, give or take. And it's exciting because it's relatable, at least to me, you know. Um, but yeah, so now it's officially Marcia Shelburne and Felix Shelburne. And they're going to be happy. They've been going out for a while. There was a couple of years ago they put out the whole, like, the wedding's been canceled. They've been... They've been wanting to do this wedding for the longest time, and it's been going back and forth. They've been holding off here and there for various reasons, you know. There was just so much going on, but now it's, it's, it's like PewDiePie no longer has to worry about the stress of having to focus on this channel so much to stay as a number one subscribed channel on YouTube. Because he's, he's been defeated, essentially. He accepted defeat. It is what it is, regardless of our opinions on it. But now we can finally slow down. Now we can finally take, it, take life a bit more seriously. And I, I couldn't be happier for both of them. Because I mean, you see the videos together. They have a lot of fun together. And, uh, yeah, a lot of PewDiePie's recent stuff has been really satirical. But, you know, just, just you know, you just watch some of their vlogs. Watch, watch how they are together. Whether, it's, whether you feel like it's just a show they're putting on or not. The fact of the matter is they've known each other for eight years. A little over eight years now. Eight years and a week now. And they made it a point to get married on the eight-year anniversary of the first day that they met. So they first met in, you know, August 19, 2011. And they got married August 19, 2019. And we've all been waiting for it, you know. For those who don't know, uh, so Marcia has her own channel, um, iron and, and aptly named Cutie Pie. So PewDiePie and Cutie Pie. And she's actually, um, so she's actually uh, Italian, if I'm not mistaken. Please don't, please don't, please don't run at me with pitchforks. Italian, and she, she ran her own, uh, she was running like a fashion channel. Uh, her YouTube channel was based on fashion. And, uh, and that was, uh, and, that, and so that's obviously kind of how they got drawn together, how they met. They're both content creators. And her channels, her channels obviously had a pretty good following. Um, I don't want to give, obviously, credit to PewDiePie, but it, it, based on how everything works, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, it's, it's obvious that some of her followers that came from PewDiePie, and maybe even vice versa, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if some of Marcy's loyal viewers also watched some of PewDiePie's videos. But they have a lot of fun. You know, you see, you see them travel around, you see them, you see them, you know, you know, do do all these vacations and these vlogs and everything, and it's really cool to have seen them off and on for uh, for the few years. They have been off and on. It's just there's sometimes where they make videos kind of back to back with each other, and then there's sometimes where you'll go months without seeing either one of them in the videos, and it's nice. But the pictures are just they just they just kind of warm your heart. They make you feel really good. So it's official, August 19, 2019. Uh, Felix and Martia Shelberg and uh, we could be really happy about that and here's hoping that they have a nice good stable happy long loving caring marriage and if they made it this far you, you know you, I mean you know they're you know they're gonna go far you know they're gonna go great so the that's what we're looking for too like I said PewDiePie is coming up on 30 years old and that's about the time where they you feel like you want you, you should start your life take things a little more seriously and go on from there and uh I'm kind of excited to see the first announcement of them, uh, of their, of their, you know, it's only a matter of time before they start having a kid, right? How exciting it's going to be to see, uh, to see PewDiePie announce it or on Twitter or whatever he's going to, I don't know, maybe, I don't know how he's going to do it. You don't want to downplay it. 
but then again, you don't want to make it too much of a debacle or too too much of a grand stage thing. But at this point, it's I wouldn't be surprised if we start it starts taking a bit of a turn. If it starts taking a turn, and next and and, and we start looking towards. Uh, okay, PewDiePie and Marcia are now the world's sweethearts, and, and now we get to we're gonna follow this this fun, amazing journey, and I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, August uh, August 19th, uh, 2019, it was the official official date, eight years after the day that they met, and uh, here's lo- here's looking forward. So, um, and I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. So definitely keep up. Thanks for listening in on the uh, on the podcast, everybody. Um, I'm gonna try to get this out at least on a weekly basis for the time being, and eventually we'll build forward. And I, I want to maybe do a couple times a week. I'm starting to get content. I'm starting to get some streamers and content creators who want to join in on the fun, and uh, we'll we'll definitely get it going. And uh, I had a big advantage this past week was a huge week in gaming and the community itself. So um, it was really easy to find content for this podcast for this episode. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, look me up on uh, look me up on Twitter, Canine Party. Uh, so, you know, subscribe to the podcast. It's available on on uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Canine Party, and friends. Also, check me out on YouTube. Finally, going to be replacing my setup tomorrow, uh, and hopefully, I'll get some content up there. I'm really excited to finally get back into gaming. I finally get finally get back on Xbox Live and and catch up with all my friends that I haven't seen since like late May. It's been it has been. I mean, when I was gone, it sucked as it was because I just wanted to play my. I wanted to come home and you know play online with my friends, but it was even worse when I came home and realized all my stuff was missing. So it's just it's it's. I'm trying to stay positive with it, you know. I'm trying not to go crazy with it, but I, I I'm not gonna lie. It feels really good to know that I will be back online tomorrow, and that is just that just feels really good to me. So once again, this is K9 Party. Thanks for joining me on this podcast, and uh, we will see you. Uh, we'll see you out there.